Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. And down through the years, one of my great delights is, if not presenting radio programmes about the music I love, then being asked to discuss it on someone else's radio show. What follows is one such clip of myself and Mike Murphy, Ireland's greatest art show presenter ever, discussing something I wrote about during my 10-year tenure with the Irish Times. You see, during that decade, the 1990s, I also happened to be the popular music correspondent for the art show on RT Radio 1. And both that station and the Irish Times like to see themselves as the radio station and newspaper of record, respectively. These programme segments, and sometimes full shows, would usually occur after Mike read an article I wrote and phoned me to appear on the programme, or after I myself would recommend an item that might be of interest to our listeners and even provide a script, around which... Mike and I would happily improvise. By the way, if you want to read some of the articles I wrote about music, the arts and popular culture in general, plus politics, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com. Nothing of uh, Dean Martin and Elvis Presley, but I would run that back to the fact that when Elvis was 14, he was an usher in Low State Theatre in Memphis, and he saw Dean Martin, and his mother probably said, you look a little like him, and he saw Dean Martin singing a song like uh, I Don't Care If The Sun Don't Shine in Living It Up With Jerry Lewis, and one of the first songs Presley recorded when he got into Sun Studios was I Don't Care If The Sun Don't Shine, and Sam Phillips, who discovered Presley, said that Elvis came in and said, uh, my favourite singer is Dean Martin, that's who I want to be like and he was hauled in other directions. But he still had that affinity with Dino, and they became friends later in their career. Musically, I don't know, again, if there's... I mean, can you think of... You can't think of Harry Connick Jr. was probably more influenced by Bobby Darren. I don't think there's a lineage coming from Dino. No. I really do think it was more just the style of the man. But you see, you, you listen to Dino, and you think, I can do that. We all well, think, exactly we can yeah. all sing like <clears throat> Dino. I mean, it sounded as though he went into the studio, tossed the songs off, and left and went for a quick martini. Well, I think he very often did do that at and the same I mean, time. I, I think exactly too. Yeah, no, but one thing, the day he died, I was at a Christmas party and what was good for me, I, I saw that a father came in and told me, told us all the news and he and the son then both sang some of uh, Dino's hits and I saw that Dean had that cross-generational appeal. But he, uh, I, I think the songs of his that were the biggest hits, like in the early 60s, Everybody Loves Somebody, which we heard at the top of the show, he found a formula which was uh, a pop single success and he imitated that. I mean, most of the singles, I, I have the CD there of all the singles of the 60s and it gets so tedious because it was kind of a pop beat, a mm. sing-along lyric, uh, accessible, and that just became a pattern that he did apparently just go in and he'd listen yeah. to a demo, do it in a half hour and go back out and play golf. Okay, his best work was when? Well, I think it goes back, I mean, some of the, the music he recorded earlier in his career, before his persona began to dictate the kind of songs he was singing, he did romantic ballads like You Belong to Me. Dino and You Belong to Me, would one of the factors that distinguished him from Sinatra then, Joe, would be, be that he acknowledged his Italian background in his music, whereas Sinatra didn't concentrate on so doing? Yeah, I think also one of the factors that distinguishes him, and I was just watching you as you were listening to that, <laughs> nobody can listen to a Dean Martin song without, without singing, singing along. along. It's true. <laughs> it's almost like, because he sounds so casual, you do, as you say earlier, feel I could do that just as yeah. well. Yeah, he did, um, he not only, uh, he, he, some of his hits, that's Amore and Volare, were huge, and I'm sure um, he was very popular with the Mafia, and in a lot of the uh, Scorsese movies, uh, or Pacino and Pacino, Pacino's acting, they use uh, Dino's songs in the background more often than you would see Frank's. But he also, in the late 50s, recorded what I regard as one of his, uh, maybe his best album, which was a collection of Italian love songs, and he sang verses in Italian, and one of them was a hit, and it's called Return to Me. 
Right, there we are. Dino returned to me singing it extremely well. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's easy to kind of dismiss him as everybody's singer, everybody's right. crooner, but right. he was good. What about the Jerry Lewis thing? I mean, the drinking image of Dino did not happen until post his relationship with Jerry Lewis. Was that as bitter a breakup as it is rumoured to have been? Yeah, it seems to have been. Uh, I can never remember the title, cause it's a, which is a terrible title for a book. It was either called Living High in the Business of Dirty Dreams which is the only biography I know that came out of Dino that was in any way substantial. And he tried to have an injunction snapped on it and seems to have been successful because it never came. I bought it in Boston, never came out this side of the world. And it detailed uh, just how um, bitter the breakup had been between him and Lewis. He apparently felt intimidated by Lewis. Lewis went out of his way to make him feel intimidated. And he was made to feel that if you ever leave me, you'll never make a career on your own. And Martin apparently felt that for a time. And his first movie, which I can't remember the title of it, was a flop without uh, Lewis. And then he, he did what I consider to be some of his best roles, which as I mentioned them earlier, was Some Came Running with Frank Sinatra and Shirley MacLaine and the movie Rio Bravo. Now I can't remember, maybe that's the point at which he began to play the drunk and he played the drunk in Rio Bravo incredibly successfully. And the persona seems to have come about then in the early 60s. But he and Lewis uh, didn't talk apparently for 11 years. And when Lewis made a movie called The Nutty Professor, in which he played a schizophrenic, his alter ego was a very sleazy nightclub crooner who a lot of people sought to be a direct slap in the face of Dean Martin. And did Dino see it as such? Yes, he would have. Yeah. But then Dino was like, Dino had a very casual attitude to a lot of this because he also did a movie, I think it's called Kiss Me Deadly, a Billy Wilder movie, in which he, he, his name was Dino and he sent up the whole idea of the nightclub crooner. So he almost yeah. said, well, OK, I can do this too. And so he spoke about it on stage, isn't that right? Yeah, himself, yeah, and yeah. And um, well, but this is where I think it almost became a joke and you have to try and uh, divide the line between how much of this was Dean Martin and how much of it was the persona he knew would sell. Like the, the next section we're going to hear is part of the, you mentioned the summit and the rack pack at the beginning of the show. They had the, these routines on stage in Vegas, which apparently a lot of them were improvised, where people would come on. I remember that reading recently that Sinatra was singing, not knowing Dino was behind the curtain, was singing September of My Years when I was 17 and over the mic came the roar, you were a pain in the ass. And then when he mm. got to your, I was 35, Dino shouted out the same thing again. So then Frank would bring him out. And I think this is partly this whole setup, you know, very improvised and incredibly successful on stage. Well, there we are. Funny, all right, and a good routine on stage. But right. I think that uh, the booze contributed significantly to his ultimate demise. Well, also, I mean, and that ties in with what we started out talking about. I think that's where he would have had what I would consider to be a negative influence on men, perhaps, uh, in romanticising alcoholism. I mean, there is that element of it. You hear it there on stage. And uh, apparently at the end, I think what would have uh, killed him more so it was the death of his son in 1988. Uh, Dino, who used to be in a rock group, uh, was in a plane crash and in Nancy Sinatra's new book on her dad she says that since that day uh, Dean Martin has never been the same but his life ended and I think it's a very pathetic tragic ending to uh, what we've just heard there on stage he apparently just wanted to watch western movies on video and was unable to recognise even friends like Sinatra when they called around to see him so yeah all very funny in that but um, still it would hang a question mark over the kind of romanticisation of alcoholism Is stuff going to come out about him being a womaniser? I would imagine there is yeah in um, his second wife apparently once uh, he according to that book he he, betray, he endlessly betrayed her and she said she summed him up by saying he's either one of the most complex men alive or, or the most simple mm. and uh, I think we're going to get a lot of stories coming out about Dino I think a lot of it will be held back until Sinatra dies and I would imagine that Sinatra's incredibly cut up about the loss of the last member of his Rat Pack 
How would you summarise him, Joe? I mean, Dino, it's hard. Some people would say it's hard to take Dean Martin seriously. He even sent himself up. Sure. Yeah, well, I would summarise his importance as being the fact that uh, he would make, uh, you know, people like you and I sitting here listening to his song sings with the people I was with at a Christmas party. And I think forever, wherever people gather together uh, to sing, and I mean, that's surely a, a healthy contribution to culture and society. A Dean Martin song will be among the songs they sing. Joe Jackson, thank you. Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And don't forget, if you want to read any of my articles, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com.